guys, and welcome again to the Black Girls with Purpose podcast. Again, I'm your guest host, Jessica Ayers, and today I have with me my friend, Carmen McIver. Thank you, Carmen, so much for being on the show today. Uh, I'm super, super excited about um, sitting down and talking with you. I actually met Carmen, what was it? Was it uh, February? Did we meet? Yeah, I think it was like January or February. Okay, so yeah, it hadn't been long, but when I met her, I, you know, I told her this before, when I'm, I meet people, I meet their energy before I meet them. And Carmen's energy was just like on 10 and it, not in like a over the top kind of way, but just a pure, like inviting energy spirit. And I just knew like, you know, you meet those people sometimes you're like, oh yeah, we're going to be friends. Like that yeah. was me <laughs> and Carmen. So I'm excited to have you on today. Uh, just to talk a little bit more about who you are and what you do and um, you know, how you kind of came about your purpose. So Without further ado, I want you to do a little bit of an introduction for yourself. So tell people who you are. Oh, cool. Well, first, thank you for allowing me to be on the podcast because I was really excited as soon as you told me about it. Um, so I, a little bit about me, I guess. So I'm not originally from Texas. I grew up in North Carolina and um, I did a lot of like, well, all my college education pretty much was in North Carolina. Um, I do have family in New York, but um, I worked mostly when I was in college. So I like, I worked with, um, minorities and uh, low income first generation college students, because that's kind of who I was. Um, and so I, but then for whatever reason, after college, I worked in television a little bit and I was just a stupid idea of me. And then when I realized what made me happy, I kind of went back into education. So that's kind of what I do right now. I do work um, at Brookhaven, where I technically work in the Office of Student Life, but I tend to be drawn towards the students. I like to, like, you know, I like to be a light for, if that makes sense. So I do always end up having, like, those first-gen college students in my office talking to me, um, opening up to me, um, and, you know, they, they just basically need somebody in their corner, right? And so yeah. for me, I would say my purpose, like, I don't know what it is, but I always like end up rooting for the underdog. I always end up advocating for people that I feel like nobody's listening to them or hearing them. Um, or if you get overlooked, like I tend to be that person that's like <laughs> trying to motivate them and speak up for them and um, make sure that like, no, like you mean something regardless of numbers, regardless of what's being put out there. So I know for sure my purpose has something to like to tie with that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I missed, but that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty much me. Um, I don't have any children. I'm not in a relationship, nor am I married. Um, and that's something I was telling you earlier, Jessica, I've actually never been in a relationship before. Um, I've, I would say maybe a small part of that would be fear. I've never had like a good male role model in my life, but I really just feel like uh, the, the big part of it was God just hiding me and molding me. And I just so happened to find out who he was and who I am through him. Um, that kind of, that's what's made me, me. Um, and so therefore I just never been that person to settle. And I've never been that type of person to feel like I needed to be somebody's partner. Um, so that's just always been what I stood on. <laughs> and again, that comes part, um, of how, like my purpose, you know, I just feel like my story is the type of story that needs to be told because a lot of girls don't hear that. Nah, you know, like 
I was confident first and then this. Like, you know what I mean? A lot of girls don't hear that. It is, um, and so, you know, I've just kind of been that person. It's like, I'm 27, but I ain't sad that I'm not in a relationship. You know, I'm not out here feeling like I need to be in one. I just kind of do my own thing and keep it pushing. Yeah. So you, you, I, I love your story because it is definitely unique. Everybody's story is unique, but a few of the things that stood out to me and I want to back up a little bit. Tell me a little bit about how you discovered your passion um, for, like you said, the, the underdog, the person, the first generation college students, those people that don't necessarily get those opportunities or weren't handed those opportunities because I know that you have a similar story. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, you growing up in school, what was that like? How did, how, because I think a lot of that story is how, um, what am I trying to say? How, it, how, how you came to be basically, or like yeah. where passion stemmed from. So, yeah, okay. So, and you know a little bit about this, uh, Jessica, I told you about this. So I always grew up pretty much in the hood. Like I didn't, um, I didn't grow up like, even remotely, even near middle class. Like I've always grown up in the in, in a pretty poor area. But not only that, you know, I'm raised by a single mother. And um in my community, like back home in my hometown, everybody knew who my family was. So let's just say before I even got to the third grade, I was written off as she ain't really gonna be about anything because we know her last name and we know where she come from. And so even in school not and I mean we're not even talking about like uh like community things but like even in school teachers would just write me off and it would be crazy because I had good grades like you never saw me you know with bad grades I would have good grades and you know still people would write me off and I would just be like well that's strange because I'm even giving you the proof that I can do something but you're not believing that and so um like I was denied being in AIG or resource classes because of I mean of course it probably has to do a little bit with my skin tone but it also just has to deal with I feel like you know people just wrote me off because of where I come from and um my background and so I don't like the feeling especially when we're talking about the youth um I just don't like the feeling of somebody feeling like you got to write them off just because of their circumstance. My circumstance doesn't make me me. You know what I'm saying? I make me me. Like what the Lord gives me is me. Okay. I don't have to listen to my street name. I don't have to listen to if my mother is a single parent. I don't have to, I'm not bound to, um, you know, what I came to school dressed like. I'm not bound. I'm not bound to those things. Right. And I just think that, I've always just had an issue with us writing off youth or we writing off people just because of where they come from or what they look like. And so I think, and I've and I felt that way since I was a young child. So I just feel like a lot of that has to deal with um, why I strive to be that voice or be that light for anyone who you know, kind of feels like they have to be a certain way or do certain things just because of where they come from. And then on top of that, for those students who they are motivated or not, not even just students, for those people who are striving to be like, no, I'm not my circumstance, I'm not my situation, but they still don't feel like they're being heard. Anyway, I can, um, I like to be that person be like, okay, well, I'm going to, if I have the resources to do so, I'm going to stick up for you. So that's just where that came from, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So how did you, 
because I know I've seen both ends of the spectrum. I've seen the Carmens of the world who take that and they use it as fuel to overcome any, you know, circumstances or things that try to hold them back. It's almost, it's fuel for them to be like, you know what, you said I can do it. Let me prove you wrong. You know? And like you said, you were a first generation college student um, and all these things. So tell me a little bit about the work that you had to do because I mean, was it just innate? Was it something that you were born with? And it's like, I knew that, you know, it was just always rubbed off my back, you know, fell off my back like what people said or like did those things affect you and and how did you overcome that because I think you know people can um those kinds of things can hinder people from reaching their purpose or or reaching the next step and with where God is trying to take them or whatever or unveiling those kinds of things because they they use it and it and it buries them as opposed Mm to 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 propelling them forward does that make sense yeah yeah tell me a little you did that or how you overcame those circumstances oh that's such a good question um because I feel like it's a two-part question I feel like I have two different answers one though I will say it was I'm I'm so thankful to God and of all the different um what's the word I'm looking for scenarios that could have I'm so thankful that God gave me a supportive mother so that's number one. I had a really, really, really supportive mother. And my mom is also the type of woman, she wasn't raising her children to be like her. She was raising her children to be better than her. And so she always put that in us like, no, you're not doing this or I'm not telling you to do this because I, you know, I want you to be better. So I will say that's number one. I had a really supportive mother. Um, but secondly, so, okay, here's where I say it's a two, it's a two part answer. One, for as long as I can remember, probably when I was younger and I saw my uncle, he got arrested. I don't remember. I can't remember what he got arrested for. I was too young to remember, but I got, we were outside of my, um, my grandma's house. Everybody's like the grandkids are playing. Everybody's talking. And I just remember seeing my uncle get arrested. It was crazy. It was traumatic anyway, but that wasn't the first uncle that's done that. Like I've seen a lot of my uncles get arrested and go to jail. And I remember being, even before the age of 10, being like, yo, I never want to live in the hood ever again. Like, I just remember being like, "Mm -mm, this ain't for me. And so I developed this attitude of like, I don't like the the circumstance I'm in. I want to get out. I want to get out. I got to figure out a way to get out. So that that was my attitude of things. Until I realized that when I got older, all of that was running. It wasn't necessarily like, I mean, yes, I was honest that I did want to get out, but it was to the point where I stopped seeing who I was and who I could become and realized that those things actually made me me. And I Mm -hmm. kept trying to run from it. And so um, now granted, I I mean, I did want to experience college. I did want to experience other things, but I feel like the first part of trying to reach those things is because I was, I was running from where I came from and I didn't even want to and sometimes I want I think I remember being in high school and getting invited to certain like things from other my other peers that I would even try to lie about what side of the street I lived on like I just didn't want to be a part of it um and that's the first part which is not necessarily a bad thing but it's not necessarily a good thing either um but then the second part of 
getting to that passion and overcoming um, certain things was realizing that part one, like that whole running, like, or that whole, my circumstances growing up, it's all a part of who I am. And it's not necessarily a bad thing that I grew up in the hood. It's not necessarily a bad thing that we were poor. It's not a bad thing that I had family members that were in and out of jail. It's not, those are things, yes, those are bad on the outside looking in, but what I can take from that is strength. I can take from that tenacity. I can take from that um, resilience. I can take from that, um, like, I'm able to, you know, I've, I'm uh, multifaceted in ways or whatever. Um, and so from there, I started realizing like, no, I am me. I'm not where I'm from. I'm not, I am who I am and I can be who I am, you know, um, all by myself. Like I, I can just do this. I, I am enough to get past whatever it was I went through. And so that's the second part. It was just really just learning me and being okay with me, being content with where I come from, being content with how I made it out, being content with all of that, like, and recognizing that I am enough so I can do this. Um, and I just think that that's where the overcoming those circumstances and just moving forward with my life came from. That's great. Um, I think one of the best things or one of the most powerful things that you can do is to own your story. I think like you said, it starts, it starts there. It really does. Uh, and it's almost a metamorphosis or transformation that, that must occur before you can really tap into what's next for you. It is owning where you've been, you know, past, present, all of those things. And um, I think you just for myself, as you were talking, I was thinking about some of the things that I'm not proud of and not even necessarily things that I've come from, but, things that I've done, you know, that have made me, that not made me me, but that I've experienced and that have shaped parts of me. And as you said, and I think everyone should continue to just repeat on a daily basis, I am not my circumstances. I am not what happened to me. I am not where I grew up. I am not the family that I'm in. Like those things are not me. And once you, once you fully grasp that it frees you up to discover like who you are really. And, it, and if anything, it helps you to, to uncover, you know, like you said, your, your truth. Um, I just finished this book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It is a phenomenal book. You said uh, but she talks a lot about, yeah, it's called Untamed by Glennon oh, Doyle. And, um, you know, I don't I don't necessarily agree with everything that she says in the book, but there are so many profound things that she says and n nothing's necessarily new under the sun, but it just hit me in a different way. But so much of the book is talking about the boxes that we have unknowingly, subconsciously don't even realize that we're in the belief systems that we have and the um, the. It really, is, it's all a mental thing. It's the yeah. things that we, you know, the beliefs, the things that come out of our mouths is like that we're saying, but it's all based on a box that has been placed, that we've been placed in that we didn't even realize that we were in. There were so many aha moments in that. And hearing you talk about, um, you know, what you overcome and your circumstances really just kind of speaks to that. You breaking free of the boxes that people are trying to put you in. Um so when it comes to your purpose, and we talked a little bit about this beforehand, um, but 
one, I have never met anybody that's never been in a relationship before. And it is honestly refreshing. <laughs> I'm like, yes, girl. you know, some people you're like, yeah, it's a little weird. I feel like, but like, I, I was like, anything, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the kind of perspective that you must be able to have at 27 without having experience or honestly, for me, I feel like been tainted in some ways <laughs> by that, um, you know, or just by how people can take from you and how your, you know, your mind shifts and all those things when it comes to being in a relationship. So tell me a little bit about, about that. I know that, um, we talked a little bit about this, but like black women as a whole, um, can sometimes be forced to, to, take a backseat to a lot of things um and we are placed you know when it comes to the workplace when it comes to relationships all these different things so tell me a little bit about your perspective and the the perspective that you've taken based on you know not having been in experiences like that and how you see yourself and your purpose and how that's been tied to that or not tied to that yeah so it's it's just such i don't know it's such a funny topic all the time like and when you, with, with you saying you've never met somebody that's n- never been in a relationship, I mean, I promise you, when I tell people I've never been in a relationship, I get one or two, uh, like one out of the two reactions. I get the, what? Oh my God, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, I get that. But then I also, <laughs> I also get the, um, oh, good for you, girl. You just stay single. Just stay single. I always get one or two reactions. And I just think that that is so funny that I get those reactions versus just asking the question, oh, why? Like, what is your perspective? You know what I'm saying? I think that's so funny. Like, I have never been boy crazy. That's number one. Well, I call it boy crazy because, you know, everybody in middle school and high school, when you get your little first boyfriend or something, it's like, you know, your girlfriends know about it and all this kind of stuff. So you like to talk about it. But um, I I was never... I've never just been that person to be like, oh my God, I have to be a girlfriend or, oh my gosh, I need to be somebody's girlfriend. And if I ever thought that way, it was more than likely because my girlfriends may have had boyfriends and I didn't, but it was never actually like I wanted to, I felt the need to have a boyfriend. Um, And like I said before, I really just believed that that's God, that was God. I don't want to say hiding me, but he really was like, he was just molding me to be like, okay, for you, daughter, your particular story is you found me and you found yourself before you got into a relationship. And I think that, and I could, I mean, I could be, you know, I'm, I could be biased because this is my, you know, this is just my opinion and my story. But I, you know, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that, being that person that's just like, okay, well, I decided to just rock with me, you know, before getting into a relationship. I don't I don't think that there is. I also don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, uh, women who have been in a relationship, like m- multiple relationships. But I'm just saying this is my story. Um, for me, I, I, I think that it's so important to empower young girls to be themselves. And I'm a spiritual woman. Like, I love the Lord. If you meet me in real life, I, I mean, I'll pray for you, whatever. But I, I, I do have an issue with how the church sometimes um, puts this stress 
on women to act a certain way and to be a certain way in order to get a husband. I don't think we necessarily teach them or preach that to them how to just be themselves and be okay with who God is calling them to be individually. And so I had just, you know, just kind of taken that on as I grew closer to the Lord, starting at the age of like 10 or 11, I was just like, why is there emphasis on what I got to be when I become a wife and a mother? How come I just can't be myself? Like, what's wrong with me just doing me? Um, and I feel like that's what needs to be said. Like, it's okay to do you. If a man comes along, I'm not saying turn it down. But I am saying we just got to start teaching young girls that they can be themselves and who they are by themselves is already grand. You don't need to be a partner in order to do that, you know? So that's just kind of what I, I stand on. And that's the story I share with other people. I love that. I love that. Because, you know, it is It's easy. Once you do start like dating and getting in relationships, there is this um, a shift that happens with your focus. And there, it's a split, honestly. You know, you're trying to maintain a healthy relationship. You're trying to meet the needs of that, you know, person or just you two as a whole. And sometimes and oftentimes I found myself placing my needs and my desires and my purpose and everything that I'm here for on the back burner for so many things. And I think that that has honestly delayed so much of what I've, I I feel like I could have accomplished by now because I obviously not, I won't say wasted time because one, I have a beautiful son from a tumultuous relationship. So let's just say that I have an amazing (laughs) boy. So, you know, he was a product of, of love. We've made out of love. So those things, uh, but there are also some relationships like how, you know, I, so many of my relationships ended in like, how did I even get here? Like, who am I? Like, how how did I get to this place? And I had to dig myself out of that and peel back all of the, you know, the things the, the, that weighed me down and changed who I was and shifted my perspective in ways that were not conducive to the growth that I needed to be making and the changes that I need to be making to get myself back to a place. And so yeah. I think... Um, you know, being conscious of that. And, and if I had have been taught early on that you are whole, regardless of a man, and not to say that, cause my, I come from a very strong women, like a line of women that are very, very like, I, I am who I am and you're going to accept me, you know, accept me for who I am. But then there was, yeah. they were also in relationships and I've been in relationship with men that you know, turn them into a shell of who they are, you know, just point blank. And so I, I've seen both sides. It's like, how can you be this, you know, grand, amazing woman and then be in a space where you aren't able to fully be that. And Mm -hmm. when you're not, you know, securing yourself and and fully walking in that it's hard sometimes to get in, then get in a relationship when you're still not sure of who you are and then expect to come out of that okay you know so I, I I love your perspective on that that you are whole before anybody say yeah, anything even, about a man anything really yeah and I feel like even in those cases um like you, where you just said where they were like you're gonna take me for who I am or nothing and then they get in the relationships and you're like okay wait what just happened like I feel like even in those cases I don't think it's necessarily uh a testament of that woman losing who she was because it was still there you know it was just 
I, I, you know, I, and I always tell people like, yeah, this is me at 27 checking at 32. Cause you never know what's going to happen. Right. But then also you just, you don't, you don't, I don't know what may happen in me that changes. I may not know uh, what, what happens in my life or what happens in my thought process that I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to start doing, you just never know. Right. But yeah. what I can say is who you are, like who that, who that woman is, to the core, oh no, that, that that's still there. You know, it's not changing. It's just, it was just one thing in her story, in her life, like in her story, that has now brought a new voice to whenever she moves on or whatever happens or when the next woman needs to hear, well, this is what happened to me. This is part of her story. And this is now just another, well, hey, this is me, but this is part of my story and this is how I handled it. And somebody else needed to hear that for sure. It just so happens that, you know, me at my story, I, you know, I just don't have, <laughs> I don't have a relationship to go off of when I tell people, like, I don't know, I only know me and a bag of Cheetos. That's all I can tell you. But, um, <laughs> but I can, but I can tell you about how to love yourself. I can tell you about how to find yourself. I can tell you about like fully committing to you, but I don't, you know what I mean? But that's just my story for right now. Yeah, and you mentioned that you know your your faith plays a big role about in in who you are. So tell me a little bit how that has shaped you over the years, and 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 in what ways that has helped you to discover and find your purpose, and how you live that out. Yeah. So, okay, I don't know if if you've ever heard this song, Israel New Breeds. Um, it's it's a while ago. You hold my world in your hands. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. But anyway, that song, when I tell you, it's like a for real, for real testament of my life because there's a point in the song where they sing um, over and over, you won't let go of me. And so even, and I say that that's really truly my life because I can account for every single time that I wasn't necessarily um, in, in the word the way that I should have been praying the way I should have been or my relationship with God wasn't the best. But somehow or another, he still tends to just show his mercy and grace in just this overwhelming way and pull me out of things that I knew I shouldn't have been in. Um, and so I just really feel like that's my life. Like, you won't let go of me. And it's been that way since I was 10. So I got saved when I was 10 years old. And that was by choice. So I, you know, like a lot of times we got saved, we got baptized when we was babies because our parents told us to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But right. for me, no, it was, it was literally choice. I, and I'll never forget it. I got saved um, at the day after my granddaddy was uh, died from a heart attack. And so my granddad oh, was wow. my favorite. Yeah. He was the, my favorite person in the world. And I do mean my favorite person in the world. I'm so close to him. And so when he died, I was so shocked. I couldn't believe it. Um, and I mean, it just, I remember being in the hospital. It just didn't, I was like, what just what's going on? I don't know what's happening, you know? Um, and I talked to this woman who I'm to this day, I believe she was an angel cause I never met her again in my life, but she told me, she said, that the Lord will always be with me. And at the time, again, I'm 10, there's people crying in the hospital, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, what? You know, she told me she would always, that the Lord would always be with me. And that day was the day that I got saved because I really accepted Jesus into my life. And I kid you not, like since then, I just have always felt this overwhelming presence in my life that I know only is the Lord. <laughs> like when people be like, oh, Carmen, I love your energy. I'd be like, I tell people all the time, you're not meeting me. Like you really are meeting the grace and favor of God that just rests on me. Um, and so, I mean, it's me, yes, but it's really, it's me through him. And so 
I've always just felt like because I've been in a position where at a very young age I accepted Jesus Christ and then also um, with just the overwhelming love that he has for me, it just is literally always around me. I, I just carry my life out just saying to myself, I have no choice, right? Like I just really, like I love God and I love being in his presence that I don't really have a choice to try to lead by anything else except for his example, you know? And I'm not perfect. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll tell the first person I ain't perfect, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I do, I really do just love God. So. That's awesome. So I, you know, you mentioned your faith and you mentioned um, a little bit about like how your friends uh, or like people that you've met or have like looked at you like you've been never been in a relationship. So you mentioned a little bit about friendship, though. Tell me a little bit about how your friends have helped you walk in your purpose and meet your goals when it comes to things you want to do and succeed at. Girl, they don't help me. What you mean? They trying to hook me up. <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> What are you saying? They be trying to hook me up ASAP. No, I'm black. <laughs> um, no, and the thing is, it's actually the opposite. Like, I date. I date a lot. Like, I mean, I, I would say, like, I've been on dates with dudes. I just don't, like, it's nothing wows me to the point that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to be with him. Um, so my, my girlfriend's. Okay, so I tend to always uh, be friends with people older than me. That's number one. So a lot of my girlfriends are already, if not in their 30s, they're pushing 30. Um, and so I would say from my girlfriends, I learned a little bit to open up more. Because I feel like in the past, I was just more of a like, uh, he he had the wrong shoes on. So I'm not going to, okay, it wasn't that bad. But I'm saying like, I never really gave people chances like that because I'm just, I was so focused on me and what I like to do and what I wanted to do that I never really paid attention to men. So I think that my friends, they definitely helped me to open up and be like, girl, just if he asks, just say, yeah, you know what I'm saying? If you're interested, go say, yeah, you know, stuff like that. They have helped me open up more. But at the same time, they recognize and they understand, like, okay, Carmen's also not this type of person. So I'm not going to try to push you into being like, yeah, girl, do this. But I am going to say you need to open up some. So I would say that's how my friends are, like, um, been a big part of my journey. That's good. So I know, and we haven't mentioned it yet, but I know that you are a, um, a blogger and that you... So, you know, uh, on the podcast, we interview women that are either freelancers, entrepreneurs, have a side hustle of some sort. And I know that you are a writer, you a writer, you like, um, you, uh, do you, have you started your podcast? I can't remember if you started your podcast or your show no. or. Yeah, no, all of, all of my stuff it, right as of right now is just put on my blog. Um, and so, but I will say um starting like next month so in basically two days I told myself no I am dedicating the next half of this year to do more when it comes to like the podcast and the YouTube and stuff like that so okay I love that because uh, you know a lot of times we'll interview people that have already they've taken the leap and they're you know they're doing it and they're in the throes of it but I love getting someone at the beginning of it and getting started so tell me a little bit about what how you made the decision to just to just start because so many times it's the starting that for me anyway I don't know if anybody else out there is like that but you know once I get started I'm like okay I'm moving but it's that initial like leap of faith or just a trusting that I could do this so what were some of the challenges or the hangups that kept you from starting and then what made you finally make the decision to say you know what I'm moving forward with this girl fear 
I mean, for real, like, no, honestly, because, and this isn't to brag or boast at all, but I mean, since I was, since I stepped foot on college, maybe even before then, people have always said, girl, you need to go ahead and get me on YouTube, or girl, you need to go ahead and get your podcast. Like, since I was a teenage, or not until like a teen or whatever, young adult, um, but I've always just been that person like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what I'm going to say. I mean, because number one, I can talk for a long time and I got opinions about everything. That's number one. <laughs> but I just, I never know. I've always also been trying to find my niche. Like, what do I want to talk about? Because there is a very spiritual side of me. I love the Lord and a lot of my fan base know me as somebody who loves the Lord. But then I also have a fan base that know that sometimes I will call the church out because we need to have practical conversations as well. So I would say that for me, I just, it got to the point where I wasn't thinking about who's going to watch or what are people going to say or how many views or it didn't, it didn't get to, I like, I was, I was tired and I was exhausted of thinking about that. And I was just like, no, I'm going to cut on the camera or I'm going to cut on this microphone every single time I have something to say. And that's really just what it is. So my blog, um, you know, I like to call myself a little hope dealer. So yeah, I do like to inspire and empower people. But at the same time, my blog is also of that where when I, I do have an opinion on something and I want to share it with people, I'm just going to say it. And you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree. But this is just, this is my freedom. This is <laughs> what I want to say. And so I just, I got tired of thinking about the outliers and I just decided to do it. That's great. I especially love that you made no mention of, I'm trying to be Instagram famous and I need all these followers. I need, because, you know, we'll go there. And it's like, if I don't have 10,000 followers by the end of this month, then this is not meant for me. And it's like, again, I think that's a testament to just who you are and the t- how, you know, like how secure you are in yourself that those outside things are aren't your focus like that's not something that you think of doesn't come down your list like you're you're you know you were thinking about other people you know and what they might if people would like it but it's not necessarily tied into like you know uh, can I make money doing this and all those things it's just I have something to say and I'm gonna say it and you know you're going from there so I love 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 that love that um tell me what um what would you say to someone who is possibly struggling with getting started or feeling like that fear that you know that you talk about that's keeping them from doing whatever that thing is that they can't sleep because they're thinking so much about it what would you say to encourage them to do or take that step or that leap of faith so I would I would propose this metaphor like worrying and fear is just like a rocking chair it gives you something to do, but you ain't going nowhere. You just sitting there rocking. Mm. And so I think that fear, anxiety, all those things, yeah, sure, it'll keep you, it'll, it'll um keep you doing something, right? It's something to do, it's something on your mind. But just think about how much time you're wasting and and just think about that you're you're still idle. Even with all this thinking and all this anxiety going on in your head, you're still very idle. You're just sitting there. So why not 
just be at least be scared and move like you know what I mean move forward yeah. you can still be scared and I think a lot of times we put this perception on people that you have to eliminate fear before you take the next step and that's not true you can still be scared while you're taking the step but you moved you know so I would say I'm, I wouldn't I'm not gonna propose a, to eliminate your fear or say that your fear is not valid because it is um because you're putting yourself out there and that that's a very scary place but at least when you do it, you're making a step. And, um, you know, the the, just the steps will lead you to the right place. Even if you're derailed, everything is working for your good. So your steps will realign back up to where it is that you need to go. So just take the step anyway. I couldn't agree more. I think, um, again, personal experience. <laughs> I am so often so scared or fearful of taking the step because I'm like, well, is this really what he said? And did, did he Lord say this or am I just it's something I'm gonna you know? And it's like, one, if I believe enough that the Lord is directing my steps, regardless if this is the right step or not, He is still going to shift me or do whatever. Like I think you know we're like standing at the door and it's like we could do we open door one door 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 two or door three or whatever and it's like just go through a door like trust right. the Lord. <laughs> going to you know make as much of an informed decision as you can but part of that leap of faith is he needs that like to activate it basically so it's like okay regardless if it's door one or door two or whatever he wanted to see that you had faith enough to believe in him to do something and something. that i think is is yeah it's something to, to be said for that so i love i love that um so is there anything else that you would say to our audience um women striving and not striving but um seeking to find their purpose and discovering who they are and um wanting more out of life and in different stages of life is there anything that you want to say or that you'd like to share with our audience yeah um well for sure okay so <laughs> somebody <laughs> told me a few it was a few years ago they asked me the question what made my face hot and I was like, what? And, uh, no, and it was summertime, too. It was summertime in Nashville. So I thought they were trying to be funny. Because I'm like, everything hot. Like, it's Nashville and it's summertime. So I was like, what? So anyway, they were like, yeah, I want you to think about what makes your face hot. And then she was like, go into prayer after that. And I, I think you, I, she was like, I think that you will find the answer that you're looking for. Because what I had ended up asking her, I was like, yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing. And she just asked me what made my face hot. And I didn't understand what she meant until a few years later that I was presenting at a um, workshop. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was presenting at a workshop that they had for students. And somebody had made a comment about um, low-income first-generation students. And I just remember going off, I mean, in a professional way, but I went off and I gave my facts and I said what I had to say and I was almost moved to tears. And then I sat there and I realized my face was really hot. And I was like, why is my face so hot? And like, <laughs> I uh, remember what Courtney, her name, at the time her name was Courtney, what she said, what she said when she was like, what makes your face hot? And I guarantee you that's where you'll find the Lord talking to you about your purpose. So I would say all this to say to my 
to my women or anybody or men that's watching or listening to this podcast, if you are at a place where you don't really know what you're supposed to be doing or you're trying to figure out uh, what exactly you're supposed to be called to do or um, what your purpose is or something like that, I'm going to say the same thing and say, what makes your face hot? And what makes you go like on and on and on and on where people around you looking like, dang, I didn't feel you. I didn't know you felt that way. Like, you know, what makes you go on and on about it? Because you're just so passionate about it and your face is hot. I also want to say disclaimer, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're supposed to be in that career field or I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying quit your job and go do that. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying like, and it could just be a purpose for just a season. Who knows? But I will say, just think about those things that make your face hot because I've, I feel like where our passion is and what burns us up, we'll meet God in that and he'll show you what to do with it. Oh, I love that. I love that. What makes your face hot, girl? Uh, And as you're talking, I'm like, you know what? This and this and right. this. Um, that, that's good. It is that, and I've, I've I've heard something very similar, and it was talking about anger. Like anger is a trigger for like it, it's a trigger for a boundary, but it's also a trigger for things that, like you said, like you're passionate about something that has upset you or rocked the core of who you are, or what you believe, and so some of that is rooted in that, and it, it can give you, you know, like I think about activism, like what what activates you, um, yes. and and anger is is a product of that so i i love that anger is not always a bad thing it can be used for good just depending on you know how you look at it and you, and you turn inward and say okay what triggered me for that and and where is that coming from and i think when you do that work like you said it starts to lead you to to um potentially why you're here and the things that you can you can insert spaces that you can insert yourself in and uh your purpose and your passion so i love that yeah. um is there, how can we support you? How can our community support you? And what can we do? Do we need to follow you? Because I yes. just, I, again, I, I love you. I want everybody else to love you and to <laughs> hear more of what you have to say. Because, girl, you have all the things. So tell, tell us about how we can support you. <laughs> no, so yes, you can definitely follow me on my blog. So as of right now, my blog is on Facebook. Um, it's my little personal blog. And it's called Carmen Writes. But it's writes with W-R-I-T. T-E-S. Um, and of course, my okay. first name is spelled with the C, so C-A-R-M-E-N. So if you go on Facebook and you put in Carmen Writes, my uh, page should pop up. Or you can just go to facebook.com forward slash Carmen Nicole Writes, um, and it should pop up. And there you'll just kind of see... Um, most of it is inspiration and a lot of it is empowerment. But then there are times where you'll see me just kind of pop in with a video um, about how I feel or, you know, just opinions that I may have on things. Um, even if you're not a Christian believer, you know, if you're if you're not someone who um, you, you don't necessarily like you're you don't have a Christian, you're not part of the Christian faith. That's OK. Um, I, I try to be inclusive, but at the same time, it's also not it's not a. a was sort of a secret that I, I love the Lord. Um, but yeah, so definitely follow me. Um, you can email me. I also like, if you want to contact me for like prayer, contact me for just want to talk to me about things for sure. You can do all that on my blog. Awesome. And we will drop all that information, all your, your uh, blog information and your email and stuff and the show notes. Uh, so y'all, Please go like, subscribe, share, all those things to uh, Carmen's blog. Thank you, Carmen, for being a part of this. Um, you, again, are just wonderful. I love you. And 
Uh, I'm excited for people to be able to hear hear from you. Yeah, you you know, there's a you meet people, and there's sometimes there's an immediate connection. So I'm just grateful that uh, I have you in my life. So yeah, and Bree, thank you again. This is my final show um, for letting me take over the podcast for this month. You have been a godsend for me as well. Um, just the opportunity to be able to share my voice and to. Um, share my people like Carmen and Nikisha and some of the other people and just be able to to speak life into your ministry. Um, I am grateful for because not everyone is trusting enough to be able to do that, to, to hand over the reins to their baby, their project uh, and allow someone to step in in your place. So I, I am hopefully I did it justice, y'all. Um, please leave comments, like, subscribe, share. Uh, Bree should be back in July. So next month. And uh, we look forward to continue to serve and to uh, partner with each of you. And so we thank you. Thank you so much. You guys have a good day. Bye. Thank you. Bye.